Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk and today I will speak with Naomi Veit. Naomi is the global HR at SAP and she's responsible for implementing mindfulness in SAP's culture in Israel. Today we will speak about what it means to implement mindfulness in the day-to-day culture beyond only decreasing stress. It will be interesting and inspiring, so stay with us. Hi, Naomi, it's a pleasure to be here with you. I know that in the last 15 years, you are an HR at SAP, global HR, and lately you are responsible for implementing mindfulness in SAP's culture. So I'm really curious to hear your path and personal connection to mindfulness and how did you get to be responsible for implementing mindfulness in Israel in SAP culture. So I'm really happy to hear you. Thank you for inviting me, Karen. Um, I'm super excited to share uh, what we're doing in SAP. And also, uh, thank you for the personal uh, question, how I got to it. Basically, I think for many people uh, who practice mindfulness, it comes from you know a genuine interest. And that's how it started. It started after a trip in India in 2008. And back then, you know, I only got familiarized with these, the more spiritual aspects of practicing. And when I came back to Israel, I basically started studying what is called body psychotherapy. And through the psychotherapy studies, I learned what mindfulness was. And my first question to myself was, you know, I was working at SAP in HR. This was a completely separate part of myself why not combine these two worlds, uh, which is one is the business world and one is my own personal world. And I started to have these little small mindfulness groups and the impact on the people and the company was, was great. And people kept saying, you know, you should do this more often. And at that point in time, I got to know that actually SAP was running a very small, silent pilot uh, by a person called Peter Bosselman. And I rang him up and I said, what are you guys doing in SAP? Uh, And this is how it basically started. Um, I learned about the SAP program. And then quite quickly after that, I joined and started to combine my personal world with a more scalable big program that it is today. So first of all, it's really amazing. I I like the fact that you combined your personal aspect and professional aspect and integrated it in your day-to-day jobs. Because, you know, I think this is what it's all about nowadays, to bring ourselves fully to work, right? To be able to bring our added value, our passion. And it sounds like it really resonated with your being, with what you did. And you brought much more to your company than only doing your job that you needed to do. So I think, first of all, this is the first thing that we need to understand that this is what working nowadays means, bringing ourselves fully and working from a meaningful place for us. So it means to integrate different parts of us. 
So, you know, I hear it also from different people that needed the courage to start practicing mindfulness, but it sounds like you didn't need it. It sounds like it was really natural for you, right? For me, it was natural. And what was really surprising to what you're saying, Karen, is that it wasn't just me. And so you hear that a lot of people around you, they, they possibly they're shy about it because in the business world, you are not supposed to talk about these softer things. Mm-hmm. And, and also Peter was saying that throughout the first kind of months and the first year that he introduced it, a lot of people around him were saying, yeah, you know, this is really interesting for me, but we're not sure that the business is ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is one of the things that might hold business back because individuals feel it and they know that it is supportive for them, but they don't quite know how to translate it to this hardcore business world. And I think this is what makes SAP's program successful, that they managed to move from that very uh, spiritual or esoteric piece to something that can actually be implemented in a business culture. That's so right. And, it, you know, as an organization consultant, then talking in organization, with organization, it's amazing to see how many change engines there are in every organization, how people need it, right? They need it right nowadays, and nowadays more than ever. So we need to connect with these people and to have the courage to take it forward and that the organization will be engaged, will have the benefit from it. So I'm really curious to hear about SAP's program. How do you implement it? Because I know you're implementing it for a long time and in a successful way. So I will be happy to hear about your complete program. What are you doing in your culture, because it's different to offer only mindfulness practices to decrease stress and anxiety versus what you are doing. You're really implementing it in the day-to-day culture. Thank you, Karen. And, and I think you actually touched one of the, the big pieces that made it such a scalable program. Basically, the mindfulness program is not just about decreasing stress, because what we found out was that if you, you only touch on the health factor, you are basically targeting a particular population or a particular even set of leaders that are willing to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But what SAP did, it took a wide variation of emotional intelligence skills, which are actually about increasing potential. So increasing the positive, not just decreasing stress. And then you're targeting more the worlds of talent, of leadership. And then also senior leaders are willing to listen to you because, you know, now it's about what's in it for them. And especially as you have these alpha type male and female leaders out there, this is what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there are, there are particular aspects of the program that made it successful. The first one, and it's really important to say that it's a partnership with the Search Inside Yourself organization Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And I think that's one of the biggest success measures because Search Inside Yourself already had a very mature program, which was a kind of spinoff of what Google did in their company. So it was already a foundation how do you talk about mindfulness in the business world? And so when SAP did this partnership with Certain Side Yourself, we already got a lot of knowledge, science-based knowledge about what mindfulness is, 
with the likes of Daniel Goldman in there and John Kabat-Zinn and Dan Harris. And so the program is based a lot on this science pieces, which of course makes it available for everyone. And then I think this is one of the most, I suppose, recommendations also that I can give that if you want to reach more people, you need to take the spiritual or religious aspects out of it and speak in a business and secular language. And the second aspect, you you also touched about this courage about people. We built the program to scale. So that means that instead of just bringing a one-time activity with external trainers, we started training people internally. So now we have a community of 60 internal trainers as well as ambassadors sitting in locations around the world to be able to scale because the company has 100,000 employees. So if you want to scale, you need to really have these change agents around the multipliers that can speak the program in exactly in the language that we want and reach more and more people. And so I suppose the beginning was these pilots that I talked about, Mm -hmm. but in order for the program to grow, we needed to convince, right, the company that this program is worthwhile. Uh, So one of the things that we did is really looked into data. Um, And um, so I think that's what also made the program so interesting because we could see that those factors that I talked about are the potential factors that we looked at were actually increasing. So mm-hmm. when you, you measure the participants before and after the program, you see particular areas that the company's interested in increasing. And that's of course, which makes it a, a bestseller. And then you can continue and move from pilots to basically where we are today, where 13,000 employees have gone through wow. the mindfulness training and we also have 9,000 on a wait list. Wow, amazing. Can you tell what are the effects that you measured? What are the short and long-term effects that people went through your courses? It's both. So basically uh, we have a survey that is run before mm-hmm. the training and that uh, looks into aspects like well-being, meaning, having meaning in life, engagement, focus, creativity, communication, collaboration. So these kind of aspects uh, that we're looking at and and stress. So stress Mm. is, of course, the only one that we're looking at to decrease. Only the others we're looking to increase. And so we're looking at that before the program, then four weeks after the program, and again after six months. Mm -hmm. Because the idea is if you want to see this as part of a culture, you want to see the impact long-term and not just as a kind of, um, as we all know, this hype experience, the 24 hours or even the week after, and then you go back to normal and you're not actually building a habit. But our program consists also with activities that last a month and even later after the full program. So first of all, it's amazing because you say the impact, and I know it also, it's much broader than only decreasing stress. So as we know, mindfulness, it's like a muscle we need to practice it right otherwise it goes back to the initial state of mind and we want to change habits and we want to change something deeper in the culture so what you say it's really important that it will be a continuous program not a one-time program because if it's a one-time program it's nice it 
touches people and change them a little bit, transform them, but then they need to continue with the transformation. Otherwise, it won't have an impact. So I agree with you. This is, was also my vision when I developed my mindfulness-based leadership course. Say, so, okay, I want to help cultures change from the inside out to facilitate the course. And then also if trainers that they will implement it, that they will take ownership because if the culture, people from the culture won't take ownership, it won't succeed, right? It won't be nice to have course, but it won't have the long-term impact that you are doing nowadays and you're changing your culture. Exactly. And I think also what you mentioned, you know, what kind of um, role models do we have out there? And I, th- I think the more that we also got um, the head of, for example, HR in Germany, which is our the headquarters of SAPs in Germany. So the majority of the employees are there. Mm-hmm. So he really bought into the program early in its stages. And so I think the more the higher leadership also buys into the program, understands it, and is incorporating it in different messages, like all hands meetings, right? Town hall meetings. Um, I think that's where the cultural shift mm-hmm. is. When you move out of just a training to a language, basically, and now you see people across SAP starting meetings, for example, with what we call one minute to arrive, Mm-hmm. which is basically breaking the uh, the mold that mindfulness is just sitting down for meditation for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, but rather that you could break it down to what we call micro practices to mm-hmm. take three breaths before you start a presentation and to bring this toolkit into how people behave and interact in their daily lives in the company. So I agree with you because at the end of the day, the vision, it's not to practice in India meditation and Vipassana, but to bring this state of mind and presence to the work, right? To the workplace, to the world, to the business world, to show up, to be able to show up authentically and to speak a new language. You know, when I facilitate my courses, I'm, I'm telling you them, look, we're learning a new language now, you know, the emotional language, we usually don't speak emotionally, right? We don't speak our emotions. So I, I'm telling you, look, you're leaders, you're going to change your companies, your the culture by speaking a new language. And it's okay. Some, sometimes people won't understand what you mean, but this is what for me means leadership, to change patterns, to bring new tools, new aspects, and to bring a more full communication. So and then we need to engage and practice it. Otherwise... And this is the hard part, right? Because to practice and to go through the course, that's nice. But okay, when it touches the reality and when we're starting a meeting and, and talking authentically and daring to be vulnerable and being present with, with the unknown, this has been mindful in the day-to-day. Very true. I, I We even looked into the name of, of the program. So it's uh, it used to be SAP Global Mindfulness Program and it was actually changed to Global Mindfulness Practice. Exactly because what you're saying, because if it's just a program, then, you know, you it's a one shot. But if yeah. it's a practice, it's exactly what you're saying. It is like going to the gym, like eating healthy, like going for a run. And you need to keep doing it in order to sustain exactly these attributes that we talked about, that if it's stress, it could also be related to like COVID times, for example, where we know that. Uh, mental health is a big issue right now. But if you're talking about the other attributes that companies are interested in, like this ability to focus or creativity, innovation, 
this is something that you need to sustain long-term for companies to be able to succeed. And so I think once you go away, and this has to do with demystifying mindfulness, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have people not wanting to buy in because they are thinking that this is making you slow or soft. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And really, it is about moving away from that kind of a language to come and say, no, it's actually the courage, like you're saying, to show up with your emotions in order to make better decisions. And then what happens if you make better decisions, the company's success. What else are you doing in the program? Because you talked about the courses and then you said we have more things. So I'll be happy to hear this thing. I'm curious. Yeah. So the program is the core. It's what we call a door opener. Because again, you, you need to start from talking the language, understanding what mindfulness is. And especially when we talk about emotional intelligence, how does it show up? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the program itself has five main pillars in it. It starts with talking about how mindfulness supports Mm self-awareness and then how you manage after you know yourself, you need to manage your emotions, right? So it's self-management. It goes on to talk about motivation. How do we drive ourselves at work? And then you move into more interpersonal skills. How do you connect with others with topics like increasing empathy Mm -hmm. and also managing yourself and as well difficult conversations that you have with others that have to do with leadership in general how do you make influence in the world and support others so this is the the basic program that in past times when we were on site it's two days and now in the virtual world we're doing it in four half days but once the program ends we already talk about in the program to have a community or even a buddy that you practice with Mm-hmm. We, we give them practices a month after. So this is what we call a 28-day challenge um, that after the practice, after the full two-day program ends, they continue to practice and connect with a buddy. And after that ends, we have these communities, like I run the community in Israel. So we have ambassadors around the world who manage practices within the location. And again, a lot of people are working from home these days. So we moved all these practices also to a virtual setup so that people can have access, even if they are at home and they don't need to come, of course, to the office in order to do that. So you're and actually offering to practice meditation together once a week or twice a week? How does it work? What are you offering with the communities? Exactly. It's to sit down and practice together or to do any of the practices, because again, it's not just meditation. There's right. also journaling practices or mindful eating, mindful walking. So we break it down to like a really big toolbox you could use and find what's right for you. So the communities do it together. And of course we offer also as a global team, especially because of the pandemic, 15 minutes a day that people can connect to in three different time zones. And again, as I said, it's it's a cultural aspect. So we incorporate it in different company events, those mindful minute to arrives before meeting starts. Uh, So I think at any time you can bring mindfulness, right? It's just about uh, your own creativity, your drive. And like you said, it's taking that, that risk a little bit. You might sound weird, but the more people understand it and see the value of it, you're not the only one out there. 
That's for sure. And Naomi, tell me, what is the most challenging part to get people on board to practice mindfulness? And nowadays, it's not a challenge anymore for you. It's still a challenge. I think it's getting better because mindfulness in itself is becoming a little bit more popular. Yeah. It wasn't like that when we started back in 2011, 2012, people were actually looking at you like who, you know, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I think we're a bit in a, in a luckier situation today. But again, I think it comes back to this, this demystification piece that you would still, especially in very hardcore engineering world, you know, in the rational, yes, the rational world, exactly. And so the the challenge is always there i think the more that you uh not give up i think this is like any cultural revolution out there you know if women gave up they wouldn't be able to vote today yeah, uh so it's it's really about normalizing it i think that's mm-hmm. the word that i would choose that instead of something very unique esoteric belongs to these people, like you said, Karen, going to India and doing maybe a Vipassana, you normalize it. You understand that normal people going to work can do it on their normal chairs. They don't need to buy special cushions or find very particular times in the day. But basically, once you break it down to very simple, normal things and you show the science behind I think this is one of the most important things that support still the people who have resistance when they see the changes in the brain. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you start seeing also some a different response. Yes, on people, people are engaged in, when they understand what's in it for them. Yes. And understand that they will be able to be agile and to be focused and to be more creative. So, okay, I want to give me some of this, right? It's, it's a superpower. Exactly. I mean, and once you understand that it's a superpower, you want to have it. Yes, it's amazing. You know, for my research and my experience, what we as leaders and as individuals need to learn nowadays is to hold the tension between the doing and the being. Because we're usually in a doing mode and having the resource and doing, doing, doing. And we need to learn to stop and pause. And, you know, we still have the mindset, a lot of us, that if we pause, we lose a lot of things. But when we understand that by pausing and listening, and we can be more accurate and be in a paradoxical, even more focused and more productive and more efficient, so people will embrace it. And I remember when I did my um, research, one of the programmers that was... And the company told me, you know, when I get stuck when I, with the program and, and I can't find the, what to do, the answer, I stop and I'll go to the pair period. And then the answer comes to me like an epiphany. So it's amazing only by taking ourselves out of the situation, instead of trying harder to find the solution, we create space and then the solution can emerge, right? So this is what it means implementing mindfulness for me in the day-to-day, the ability to pause and let it go and be able to be in the unknown. And then we creating the ability to see things differently and to enable the right solution to emerge. Because usually on a, based on our automatic behavior on the Western world, we need to do it quickly, right? To do, to do, to run, to run. And then we also don't find the right solution, not the accurate one. And usually we are frustrated and going around our tails like the dogs run after his tail so I think this is when people understand and it's really challenging for people who have been doing more to understand it but once we get it and we experience it 
we say, wow, this is was worth it, then we can implement it more and more. So, you know, it's like going in slow steps. Right? Exactly, exactly. And it, and it is what you're saying about experience, it, I think, because it's one thing to understand it in your brain. Right. And it's another thing, like you gave that really cool example about, you know, going and stepping out of your automatic ways, and then you see what happens to you. And, and then I think that those epiphany moments, they start to change something in you and you say, Oh, what was it that actually happened just now? You know, I, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that I stopped didn't make me lose my grip but actually made me stronger. And I was able to come back to the situation with a clearer mind, which is something that is very hard to see if you don't experience it. So I think right. that's, that's a big, that's a big part of it to, again, to take that risk or to be brave, to lose that grip, mm-hmm. but in order to gain something else, which is much bigger. Yeah. Brings me back to the beginning of the conversation. I wanted to say something. I did it. When you talked about the courage to go with the bringing mindfulness and meditation to the business world, you went with your courage and you decided to do it. And then you were like, I, I see it in the flow situation because then you you had the new opportunities. Then you knew Peter Boltzmann and you saw that it's already exist and you can connect to a broader picture and to a broader uh, doing it. And this is amazing. I think this is what means being mindful. And this is actually my vision to really be able to pause and listen and to accurate our path and to accurate our way. And then opportunities are coming toward yeah. us and we can grab them, right? Otherwise we don't see those opportunities and we go like blind in the world and not fulfilling ourselves. So I think all the dots are connected when we are working from a mindfulness place. What that's do you think about true. it? Yeah, that's very true. I think that's very powerful. So to think that, you know, talk about it. Um, not to be not to be afraid to talk about your passions, because like I said, I was so surprised how many people around me in the corporate world were also talking about it, but talking about it sometimes with themselves, right? So mm-hmm. I think once you start sharing, you see that there are other people with that passion. And that gives you, I think, more courage. Um, because if Peter was alone at that point in time, I'm not sure if the program would have gained so much like it did since then. But the fact that there were so many people around him that were pushing him and saying, yeah, we think this is really good. And again, we every time that we open a train the trainer program, we have more people that we can take because you know it's not something that is just for people who like it. It's it's really for people who are able to deliver it in a way that again speaks the language that we want it to be. That so you you see that there are more and more passionate people around, um, and this is would be my my recommendation to any company who wants to take that leap to not be afraid. And again, we have now. A really good best practices and examples also from SAP, of course, but I'm guessing also from other companies. And on that note to say that also SAP is actually now supporting its customers. So companies that work with SAP as it's, you know, um, our own internal customers are actually getting mindfulness services these Amazing. days. So it, it is it is growing and it is expanding and more and more companies are saying, yeah, we want to do this cultural change and how are you guys doing it? 
So I think that's that's really great news. So it's amazing. You said you started, you have the courage to bring it to your own company. And now also it's expanding because also your customers see what you do and also want this change. And you see, as I see it, it's like a stone that you throw to, to the river and it creates ripples. So this is what mindfulness is all about, is going through this experience. And when we are going through this transformation and the experience in it, people reacting to the, our being and then they also want it, right? It's not through our mind. So it's really enlarging in our ability to be fully human, bring our own rational aspect in our mind, but also our being and our emotion and our passion to the world. And then we have so much impact and it's amazing to see stuff because it started from one person, another person, you're connected, it's impact the culture. Now it's going even broader beyond the culture. Yeah. So it's yeah. really... And it is nice to see the impact on the humans. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched that and I don't know how much we, we talked about that in the podcast, but one of the things that makes me happy and I think a lot of the other trainers is the impact on the individuals mm-hmm. so you see people ending the program and it's not just the surveys right because they give us testimonials and they talk to us and especially when we were on site they used to come to us um, you know in the breaks and mm-hmm. say you know you're changing my life with this program and I think mm-hmm. this is something that I have never seen with other health type programs mm-hmm. or welfare type programs I think mindfulness really has the power to improve people's lives. And, and that's a very powerful statement that, you know, companies don't just do it. Yeah, of course, they need to have the reason to do it from, from their own perspective. But the fact that it impacts people mm-hmm. in such a way, I think that's what makes us at least keep doing it. For sure, because people want it because they transform and they can bring the fully and the organization also benefits from it because they have the creativity and, you know, at the end, it's all about people. Naomi, I'm curious, do you have a personal story that you experienced mindfulness and it impacted you personally and said, wow? (laughs) (laughs) So many. Um, Over, again, so many years that I've been practicing, it, it shifted, it changed for me. I think, you know, in the beginning, it was think more about having my senses more sharpened mm-hmm. you know I, I could I could hear birds uh, on trees from miles away it, it was things little things like that but then you know as life changes and you mature and you go through different things what I found powerful was the resilience piece mm-hmm. um, and I think I didn't understand how powerful it was until my mom was in the hospital and there were different things that happened to me personally that I felt the practice was really helping me to get past it. And, and I think this is, to me, one of the most strong pieces in practicing mindfulness because challenges will always happen to you. Yeah, it's always personal or whether it's COVID or whether it's financial. So the question is, the difference between people is, how do they react to these challenges and what helps them overcome it? And this is really what resilience is. And I feel like the practice has really built up my resilience, not to say that I'm hundred percent perfect. Uh, I, st- I still, journey. say <laughs> I still, it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing journey, but I, but I feel that this is the muscle that has really supported me since I started practicing. Right. No, maybe before we wrap up, do you want to give more tips, although you gave a lot of tips to individuals or leaders that want to implement mindfulness in their culture and to start bringing it to their day to day? Yeah, I think I would 
start small. So I think like SAP did with the pilot, I think that's always something that is not too terrifying for mm-hmm. uh, for leadership um, to say, look, I'm testing it. And then really start collecting data early. This is, I think, what made a difference for us and collect data on things that your particular company is interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so SAP has yearly surveys that look into employee engagement and leadership trust and the different things that they are measuring. So the more that we connected to the, those measures in our own surveys, mm-hmm. then you can then you can bring back meaningful data. Look, these are the things that you're interested in that if these grow, then also your finances grow. And then when you show the correlation between the program and those indicators that the company is interested in, then you're building a very strong business case. And then I suppose that my next tip is, is exactly that, not to keep it as an esoteric one-time program, but to build more and more influencers, multipliers within your company so that you can start spreading it and building it exactly as part of a culture and not just as a one-time program. So these would be my strongest tips to start with. Great, Naomi. It's amazing to hear what you're doing, SAP. It's really inspiring. I'm sure that people will take away a lot of things from this conversation. So thank you for sharing with us and being with us. Thank you very much. This was Naomi Weiss. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You're invited to follow us and subscribe to our podcast, Mind Your Leadership, in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc. See you next time. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Thank you for listening.